Welcome to Farts Performers Happiness in the Arts Podcast that's meant to gas up musical theater performers as they pursue a long career on the stage. We bring flatulent happiness to ourselves and to each other through integrity, authenticity, love, and of course, humor. All guests on this podcast are out to help musical theater performers. And while we do it, ah, we may laugh at the simple things like the word penis, penis, penis. You guys, I want to give a big welcome to Matt Fauché to NYC Musical Theater Performers. It is awesome to have you here. You are a former cast friend of my husband, and you have been on Beautiful on Broadway since I last saw you, which is incredible. Um, so thank you so much, first of all, for coming on. Thank you for having me. It's awesome. I, uh, God, when was the last time I saw you in person? I have no idea. I feel yeah. like I've seen you on the internet. Oh yeah, right, the for, internet. For ages the now. The connector of all lives. I wanted to bring Matt on today because um, he's teaching a master class this Saturday. So of course uh, people want to meet you and go, who's who's this guy? Right. And I would love first for you to just talk about your journey to Broadway because I don't know about anyone listening, but for me, I always think that is the most fascinating story to hear because it's literally a lottery to get on Broadway. Yeah, it's a it's a long and uh, strange story, but uh, I'll give you like the highlights. No, do long. Once start from <laughs> when you were born and- I was born, I, was, I think it was raining that day. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, so I've, I've pretty much worked on every level type of entertainment there probably is. Uh, my very first job was working um, at a resort in uh, Maine as a resort entertainer doing sort of like made up shows that, you know, that they, that they created, you know, it wasn't like we were doing book musicals or anything like that. It was just like, we're singing with people in furry costumes and singing about pancakes. And sometimes some days I was a pirate and stuff like that. It was just, Crazy. Actually, fun fact, the cast the year before me, because I got it through uh, NETCs, um, which is uh, a popular uh, uh, audition circuit. I, I, they still have NETCs, right? Well, I don't know after all this, but when I was, I, I did, I think I did SETs. I did the one sure. in Nashville. I did the one in okay. Nashville. That, that right. one. Yeah. Um, so I got it through that, but the, the, um, the year before one of the two guys, the two guys and two girls that they hire from that was, uh, Jeremy Jordan. Oh, <laughs> heard of him. Um, and he, uh, so, so yeah, it was just like made up shows and a lot of like, no preparation. We're going to just shoot you out of a, out of a cannon we made this stuff up. You learn it sort of the day of, I remember we, we, I was jumping out of rafters with like glow paint all over my body doing it's raining men, like black light show. It, I had all sorts of crazy stuff, but and I lived in a trailer. And so like, that was my first paid entertainment job. And that was a uh, summer of my, uh, after my freshman year of college, but I was an acting major but I went to the music theater. I was a music theater major my freshman year and I changed majors actually uh, after my freshman year. And so, but I still liked this, liked to sing and it was like a big, still a big part of my life, but I wanted to uh, focus more specifically on acting. Um, from there I worked, uh, I learned a lot. Uh, I, I had to tap dance, which I did not tap dance. I, I still don't technically tap dance. But I had to, I, everyone that was in taps were doing great. And I was in dress shoes. Nice. Like soft shoeing. Yes, yes. Um, so, yeah. And then I was a superhero at Six Flags. Um, I have. Uh, Wait, which, can you, are you allowed to say which superhero yeah, I was you were? the I was the Green Lantern. I originally oh. was the Flash. So I was, it was the first year that they ever did superheroes. And um, I my wife's watching me lovingly in the corner over there. Um, <laughs> my my nephew actually still thinks I am a superhero, by the way. So let's maybe not show this to him. Um, yes, yes. But um, yeah, I it was us my sophomore year. It was also NETCs, and it was like the best one of the best paying jobs that was there. And I wanted to 
there was an opportunity for some music theater possibilities because they had like a, a show in, in Crack Axle Canyon. Um, so I went and worked as the very first cast of superheroes and maybe the second day they realized that I was like, I'm not wearing this awful, uncomfortable costume. The flash thing like pulled your face back. It was super. Oh yeah. Cause it was, it covers your whole face, right? Awful. Yeah. Um, I ended up dating Wonder Woman. It was lovely. Um, but my like second day I'm in the Green Lantern costume and I'm in taking a picture with the president of Six Flags because he apparently was there that day with the new Justice League and we we're on, on the uh, picture in USA Today, like second day of work. It was bananas. So we ended up uh, improvising. It was actually a, a great way of like learning how to think on your feet because they didn't know what they, it was a glorified photo op. It was a, a ride that they took all the guts out and then put a Hall of Justice inside. And then we were just supposed to stand there and take pictures. I was like, well, this is boring. So I started making up stuff. I didn't know a ton about the Green Lantern, but I knew how to talk to people. And I came up with a bits, basically. And the stuff that we came up with ended up being how they trained the people the next year and saying, okay, well, you're going to... You know, because it was like keyboards and screens that none of them worked. None of them did anything. They're just on a continuous loop, same music and and graphics over and over and over again. And oh you like forty five like minutes. The nightmare shifts. sound. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I I still am in touch with Batman. Uh, he was what like he was this uh, Mark Lorenzano, who's a uh, was a math teacher and a fitness. Uh, I think he also taught phys ed, or maybe he was a physical trainer. He was in great shape. Batman was the only one that didn't wear. Um, muscles. Everybody else got muscle suits. He didn't have to. I was much more slight back then. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so then I worked uh, two summer. I did uh, summer stock two years in a row after that at the Monomoy Theater, which is now uh, closed. It got uh, sold, unfortunately. It had been open well over 50 years. I think something like 80 years or something like Wait, that. Wait, did it close during the pandemic or before? It closed before the pandemic. It wasn't because of the pandemic uh, uh, for a myriad of reasons, but mostly had to do with the people that were uh, leasing the property, didn't want to uh, update the, it was very, very old buildings. They didn't want to update the buildings, bringing them up to code. And then they, they said it was on the, uh, the University of Hartford actually had a collaboration. That's how I got involved with it. Um, they were the people leasing from the people who owned that land. And they ended up uh, selling selling the land to a developer who might keep it as a theater space. I'm hoping because it's, it's a yeah. beautiful, it's, I mean, it's, it could be more idyllic um, being in Chatham, Massachusetts on the Cape for a summer beautiful. and, you know, you're doing rep. So, so I've officially at this point, I'm now an acting major in college after I had been, uh, I'd sort of gotten the bitten by the bug in high school. And then I'm, so now I'm an acting major that likes to sing, uh, and has been hired now to do two summers where I'm doing Shakespeare, I'm doing Moliere, we're doing, but we're also doing two musicals. So it's two musicals and uh, six plays or eight plays or something like that and you're and you while you're rehearsing one while you're doing one you're rehearsing two oh, summer shows. stock summer yeah. stock yeah. Yeah. yeah classic stock rep yeah um and that taught me that like my brain could hold a lot of information which will be important later on in this tale uh so i have two great summers there i then while i'm home on a break the music director, I, so I started singing in, in my choir and church. And really I started singing because my sister was in choir and I, my grades weren't great. And because I just, I was not very interested in what high school was. I was more interested in the show of being around people and not doing my work, unfortunately. Yeah, that's really Ryan. Great, that's my husband as well. <laughs> same, um, same journey. <laughs> and my sister goes, uh, Matt, I get an A in chorus. I'm like, you get an A in chorus? How is that possible? I'm like, I've heard you sing. You can't sing. 
I was like, I don't even have to try and I'll, I'll be able to get an A. That's fantastic. So that the genesis of me singing is my sister telling me it'll be an easy grade. That nice. is, and I'm sure part of me, I've always loved music and I'm sure part of me wanted to sing as well, but like, that's really what got me in the door. So I'm back home, I'm at church and I think I, I sang a mass or something like that. And the music director, Dan, he goes, how would you like to be in a national tour of a musical? And I was like, well, what? What? And, you know, I just, I got this acting degree and I like classically trained, no music theater experience besides that summer stock. And, you know, I've cobbled together a resume of music theater, but not really. And um, he said, they're doing a world premiere of a children's musical like at the uh, the Warner Theater, which is this big, beautiful Art Deco, like 1500 seat community theater in uh, the town that's next to me. I never worked there as a kid. I never, I, I was cast as Tommy Gillis in uh, uh, yes, Music Yes, good Man. classic beginner show. Yep. Yep. Wrong. That was wrong actually my first musical ever. So I love that. <laughs> um, but I, I hurt my, I, I, I severely sprained my ankle uh, playing basketball that summer. And so I got cut from the show. So I never did, I never did Music Man. I've never yeah. actually been in Music Man. I've been casting Music Man like three times and I've never actually performed in it. Um, you'll, you'll be Harold Hill one day. It'll be good. Someday. someday. I was gunning for it, that, that, that good speed production, but it didn't happen. Um, so you know, I, I've got this classically, I got this classic degree and just acting, but I've still been sort of singing on the side. And this great guy, this guy, Dan, the music director, he, he goes, I'm music directing this. I'm playing the piano for this, for this musical. They're having auditions. And they had a bunch of local actors be part of this world premiere of a show. So it was Magic Treehouse, the musical. And uh, some of the younger viewers will probably, I didn't grow up with the Magic Treehouse, but that was, a, they're very popular books. I guess they're up there with the Harry Potters of the world. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that, that one. Um, so I audition and end up being a one, one of the two like professional people that they hired, me mm -hmm. and myself and this uh, beautifully trained dancer, my friend Emily, who's an Irish step dancer. And she traveled with Momix, the, the modern dance company, for years. Um, I think we're similar in age. But either way, we were the two like pro folks that they brought in, which is hilarious because I just graduated college and I don't really have a ton of musical theater background. Yeah. And um, end up going on this sort of like crazy, not, not a theater works tour. We were doing like arenas. We were playing the Colonial in Boston. We were in like, like multi-million dollar production because the, the woman who wrote the books, her husband and his writing partner wrote a musical. So like a lot of money behind it. Jim Henson puppets. It was crazy. It was like not your normal bus and truck, uh, you know, regular uh, TYA sort of situation. Right, right. Um, but it was non-union and there were no rules. And it was my first real taste of being in a non-union situation where we could kind of be taken advantage of. Uh, kind of? <laughs> kind of a lot. And, you know, things would get, you know, we have famous stories from the road where we have a golden day and my friend and I are having a couple pictures of beer. And they, I get a call being like, hey, uh, you have rehearsal in 15 minutes. Be like, I, I thought this was a golden day. Like, I've been drinking for for like two hours. I don't think I can come to this rehearsal. Like you have to be here. So I show up to a rehearsal, learn a bunch of new Irish step dancing, which as we know, dancing, not my thing, but so they re-choreographed the number. And then the next day, obviously I didn't remember or learn any of it because I was not in a state to learn anything. Um, but stuff like that, and, or we'd be rehearsing like on carpet in hotel rooms and stuff like that. And they would make, they would give you a note as you were like walking on stage, all sorts of stuff. 
Uh, they had no real understudy hierarchy. They didn't, the coverage wasn't lined up. Oh, understudies so. are so valuable. Oh my God. Invaluable. Yeah. So they, yeah. uh, so whenever anybody would get sick, which happens all the time. Cause we're uh, humans. And we're yep. all breathing the same air or we used to be allowed to breathe the same air. Um, they would restage the whole show. Instead of plugging someone in and having a swing, they would restage the whole show. So we had basically different blocking, like every time one track was out. You're like, I think I'm six. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> and you know, we're inside of puppets. I got my hands inside of two life-size pup, human puppets. Ah, um, you might know this guy. Uh, uh -oh. Hold on. Is that my meatball? Oh. Meatball. <laughs> What's going on, man? <laughs> He's saying meatball. <laughs> I can read those lips. I know what he's calling me. <laughs> <laughs> these two guys, for you guys go, those who are jumping on, these two guys work together. That's how I I know Matt. What a handsome dude. All right, I'm going to go to that. That's why I'm really in here. <laughs> <laughs> it's like on the way. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so I, I, I am on the road, and I'm not pumped about the show and the and how we're being treated and all that stuff. And a director who I had met at that summer stock, uh, Rob Ruggiero, who works all the time all around the country, he was sort of a champion of mine. Um, he's, he always used to say that he was a teacher of mine. He was never a teacher of mine. We just met randomly. Um, but uh, he's always been in my corner, and he brought me in for the Goodspeed production of Camelot. So I then auditioned for that. I got the understudy for Mordred, and they were going to give me my card. That's so cool. and that's I, mean, I was, that's and I didn't even understand wow. that that what that was a big deal, really, because I I worked with the Goodspeed Festival of New Artists in college, so I had a relationship with Goodspeed. Um, Donalyn Hilton is also a a great friend and a great human being. And uh, uh, another champion uh, of mine. And uh, that relationship on top of my relationship with Rob uh, led to me getting cast in that production. I got my card and then I moved to the city. So I got my card. I'm in the city auditioning, uh, working random jobs. I've worked literally every job there is to. I've been a mover. I've uh, been a manny. I've worked at front desk for gyms. I've I've done I've done everything. What's I've been the a weirdest, bar back. What's the weirdest job you did? The weirdest job. Uh, the gym one. The front desk at a gym. It was it's a private gym in sort of in a uh, a uh, like a luxury building in Wall Street. I would have to kick this guy out of the sauna like every night. Because we close, and this guy, Marlon, every single night, he would be just in there soaking it up. And I'd say, come on, buddy. Marlon, I don't want to do this dance anymore. Like, you got to get right. out of here. Right, right. So, like, uh, having to do with Marlon, that was that was probably the weirdest. I mean, I, I catered a ton, too. So, like, I, I saw, uh, you know, I, I, was, I saw a lot of... Oh, strange and amazing things Walt's catering um let's see what other crazy jobs I've been a brand ambassador anything brand you know anything to pay the bills. Like the people with the flyers for the shows uh I've I've sold tickets in Times Square uh I worked for like whatever you can Americana tickets yeah uh that one I that was <laughs> I got fired by my best friend from that one. That was a, a whole thing. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't meant to be. It wasn't meant. It wasn't to meant to be. You know, if if I don't, if I'm not passionate about something, I am not great. I don't have a great work ethic. But if I am passionate about something, which I discovered in college, something I love, I pour myself into. You're all in. You're all I'm in. I'm all in, and yep. it pays dividends. It's always every time I've put my nose to the grindstone, it pays off, um, which. I feel very lucky to even say that sentence. Um, let's see. So I'm in New York, kind of struggling in New York, just trying to, 
I had a age. I had an agent who I I won't share here, but I maybe I'll share in our in the master class who you need to steer clear from. Mm, uh, yeah. Who was toxic? I had a toxic agent who just saw like a good looking young Italian guy and no, I disagree. Me. But okay, fine. Okay, <laughs> well, I, this was a long time ago. So <laughs> he saw he saw Jersey Boys. He saw me and he went, "That guy's gonna got to be in Jersey Boys." I mean, and, yeah, one of them. But I also was not a music theater actor. I just happened to do some music theater. Yeah. Um, and so I was in finals for Jersey Boys before I moved to the city. And oh. I was way out of my depth. Like, I, I, I was amazed that I got far as I did. But I think I got as far as I did because I showed up and made choices, which is what our... Uh, our time together in that class will be about is showing up, being prepared and making, and making strong choices. Um, but musically I was not ready to be in that room. Yeah. Not by a long shot. Didn't know what I was, I was faking it till you make it singing wise. I just knew what I thought sounded good and was trying to do that. That was literally my process when it came to singing. Um, so I had a rough time with this agent and he didn't really, wasn't really opening doors for me. And it was really toxic to my mental state as a young actor in New York. But at the same time, I made another relationship at uh, Goodspeed doing at Camelot with my buddy, Alan Snyder, who I believe uh, Meatball knows as well. Yes. Uh, who lives in Pittsburgh now. Um, he, said he does this thing called the unexpected boys which is a frankie valley group that is more park and bark frankie valley tunes uh and there's kind of a script but it's kind of make your makeup stuff and have oh you're time. like i can do I that like, make up stuff and have a good time that's me yeah yeah so as i'm you know bartending and just sort of burning a candle at both ends and not really and sort of floundering really uh he gets me an audition for that group. I, which I will, I will talk about in the uh, uh, master class, prepared my ass off. I got my hands on every kind of uh, choreography video I could. I drilled every, you know, because the choreography was what I was most worried about. And then I had to learn a lot of the part singing because I, you know, was not necessarily my thing. I was going to fake the singing and fake the dancing and hopefully be so prepared that they had to hire me. And that's what happened. So that became my lifeline that got me out of the nine to five drudgery of waiting tables and, and whatever, and all the whatever jobs that keep us afloat. That sort of kept me alive for yeah. about three years. And through that, I met so many amazing other artists and kept building and building that web of people that we know. It wasn't really building the resume. I had my, my buddy Rob had cast me in a couple of shows here and there, some ensemble parts. My resume wasn't getting huge, but my community was getting larger every year. And I found a voice teacher through a roommate. My, my, my roommate uh, was my buddy from the road from doing Magic Treehouse. My buddy, John Cable, who ended up marrying um, Brittany and I, he was the efficient at, at our wedding. And he's the reason I met Brittany. So wow. like everything has lined up. Every, every, every relationship has built on, on themselves. And so, you know, any single event wouldn't equal the outcome, but it, it was every, every person that, took a chance on me or I create a relationship with in a, in a natural, not forced show busy bullshit way. Cause there's a lot of that and that's disgusting. And like, it it's sucks. so transparent and you, you make, make real relationships with people you would, that you admire or that you respect or that are positive in your life. And it pays dividends. It, it, it just does. It, I, I'm a firm believer in that. Um, so I'm getting kind of sort of random ensemble parts. And uh, finally, I, I actually was going to quit the business. And uh, like I, Angelina Jolie. <laughs> <laughs> and 
Well, because I was I was getting married. Well, I was I needed to buy an engagement ring, so I needed real money. And even though I had been working consistently with a little bit regionally and with the unexpected boys, I wasn't making enough money to yeah. to to be a real adult. <laughs> and I felt like I had like adult decisions and the pressures on me. And so I started working at the W in Times Square. And uh, I worked there for like three months and it completely burned me out because I was working overnights. Oof. But so as I'm, as I thought I was pivoting my career, um, once again, Rob Ruggiero comes, comes to my rescue and uh, gets me an audition for uh, South Pacific at Paper Mill Playhouse. So Paper Mill, I end up, I, I say to myself, okay, you can be, you can be in South Pacific. You don't need to be able to dance South Pacific. You need to be in good shape, or not, and be able to sing. And at this point, I had I had had three years with a company that was paying me to sing, and I had a voice teacher that I that I believed in, and I felt like I was really growing with, and I was able to take those elements and bring those into a room, and and so. A perfect example is of, of making a strong choice and believing in a choice. Nothing like a day. That's what everybody sings. I'm listening to 15 tenors before me. Uh, like a dame. And they're singing the high A or something at the end, right? And I come in and I sing, uh, uh, any man here, early woman, female, feminine dame. And the director went, ah. Who's my friend, right? He goes, oh. I said, what? He goes, what about the note? I said, you need people to sing that note as well. And he goes, oh, well, well I guess you're right. Yeah, that's said, true. That's true. He said, you have, you can't just have a room of, of, of tenors and tenors. You're going to have a stew pot and you're going to have, if you want some low end on your sound, you need to hire people with low end. So that, I like that. I like that, that a lot. paid off. And yeah. So that that turned into another production of South Pacific, which is where I I met Meatball and we fell in love. Yes. If you don't know who Meatball is, Ryan Kavanaugh. Um, and uh, so that was sort of the 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 second wave, I would say, of my career. The first the first was my education and being in the trenches, and yeah. then really from South Pacific on. I got a new agent. I got, an, I got an, more opportunities started coming my way, and I, I think it was a mixture of having, bless you, of having the right kind of people behind me, leaning on that network of folks, and and Brittany really, really changed my life. I mean, got I was a pretty prolific drinker for a long time. She, uh, she helped me like straighten out my life that's not which, easy. That's really and, not and easy. terrible for my voice, which I came to find out. I was like, Oh man, I can't really sing all that high. I think I'm like this really super low bass. No, I'm a baritone and I can actually sing pretty high. It's a, I was a booze bag and that's why I couldn't sing high. <laughs> so, <laughs> so like every metric of my life improved when I, I met my wife and my career responded to me being the best version of myself. I was better in the room. I was better in the rehearsal room. Once I got the job, I was able to prepare the way I wanted to prepare. And I worked very consistently regionally uh, for another uh, two years, let's say three years. Um, I get a, an audition while I'm down doing the Oslo. I get an audition for the beautiful tour. Now my friend, Josh Davis is the original low righteous brother and Nick on Broadway. He originated the role. We never worked together because we're both, we both sing bass, but I know him and I'm thinking, okay, he's taller than me, but we kind of do the same thing. I should be able to book this, send a video off. Nothing happens. I go and do a production of Forever Plaid down in North Carolina. Uh, the, I'm sorry, not North Carolina, South Carolina. And uh, 
the music director knows the new music director, uh, the music director of a production at the Muni that I'm being considered for, wants to make sure that I can sing the bass in uh, My Fair Lady. So I, I've made this, so let's go back. Oslo, I meet Peter Reardon. Peter Reardon, I meet Steve Freeman because they're best buddies. Steve Freeman's the MD of Forever Plaid. I end up getting Forever Plaid as Smudge, the bass. Steve Freeman knows Ben Whiteley. Steve Freeman vouches for me to Ben Whiteley and says, this guy can sing and he's got, he's got all the notes you need. Uh, ben Whiteley is the music director of My Fair Lady at the Muni. The director of that show is Mark Bruni, the director of Beautiful. So Mark Bruni, the, direct, the director of the Broadway production, mm -hmm. now knows me as a bass who shows up and makes strong choices in a very short amount of time, which is what the Muni is. You have 11 days or something like that to do a full show. Oh, I've done those. Those are crazy. Yeah. And, you know, they, they, you know, and Rob, oh, Rob Ruggiero is the director of it. So, like, I'm sorry, Rob Ruggiero is the director of uh, Oklahoma that summer. So he's got me, like, involved in the Muni. Oh, cool. And so I, I had worked in Hello, Dolly the year before with Rob Ruggiero. So, like, there's someone from my past bringing me into the world of the Muni. Uh, the, then I end up meeting the director of Beautiful not even really thinking about that audition that I never heard back from about, but I just show up and do my thing and do a good job. And he now knows me as this guy who sings low, but is also funny and can make choices. Yeah. So he, I'm, so he, I get back from a gig. So I get married in 2015. That, Winter, I go and play Sky Masterson down at uh, the only in Silver Spring, Maryland. Great role for you. Oh, I've played it twice. I did it once in Summerstock, and then nine years later, I played it again. Nice. I'm, I'm hoping to hoping to do it a couple more times. I love it. That's it's yeah. That's one, a great one of role. my favorite parts of all time. So I'm down at the only. I get. I, I, we get, get married. We go on our honeymoon. I go and do this. I do Sky Masterson. I get back early January. I move into this apartment, which we're, this place is kind of a mess right now because we're moving back to my old apartment where I met my wife. Huh. Um, and I lived in for seven years. Um, so we move into this apartment mid January of 2016. February. I, I start catering again because I need to make money. And on my, I have a catering gig that night and I have an audition in front of the creative team, no other audition in front of the creative team for the tour of Beautiful for immediate replacement. Oh. Because the guy that they hired, it wasn't working out with the guy that they hired to be the low male swing. Oh. Mm -hmm. So now going looking back at the span of all the random things I have done. I'm somebody who works really hard, is very prepared, will show up and make a, make a choice and, and be very confident in it and mm -hmm. can pivot if you need me to. Can did the summer stock thing where you have four shows in your brain at once. So they're looking at my resume going, okay, 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 okay. And now I have the director on my side. I know the reader and the accompanist. The accompanist, I went to college with the accompanist and the reader. So it's a very friendly room. I go in, I sing Love and Feeling. I do a little bit of Jerry stuff. I do, I do my take on Donnie Kirshner. I'd never seen Beautiful at this point. Um, and I go in and I just do my own thing. I don't, I don't even know how this is supposed to go, but I, I do my own choice. My, and I had the way it read, it was like, oh, this guy's kind of a dick. So I'm going to be kind of a dick. And uh, he seems kind of self-absorbed. So that's what I did. And I went for it and it paid off. The room was laughing on lines. I'm sure they've heard a million times. So I, you know, they kept me for a while and uh, I was, I was, 
they said I before I went in, they'd kept me for a while. But I said, don't worry, I'm just gonna go cater after this. Like I'm not worried about being late to catering. But thank you for being considerate. I leave, and maybe an hour into my catering shift, I get a call from my agent saying, "You need to pack your stuff because you're leaving for the beautiful tour." They they sent an offer, uh, like get get your stuff together because like next week you're leaving. So I left for the tour. I went on the road and I made sure I did all the things that got me. And I was super nervous because I was still, even in my estimation, still learning about my singing voice. And I'm a, a, an eternal student of all disciplines. Absolutely. Inc including dance. <laughs> I'm great at weddings. Um, <laughs> I was very worried that I wasn't gonna be able to sing the top of, of what was asked of me. And uh, went, I went to my voice teacher, ran through everything, got as prepared as I could for the road. And I mean, I learned, I had a one-on-one -on -one with the associate director where I, he talked me through all of the direction for the show. And I was, and I got videos of, you know, to learn the choreography and everything like that. And, you know, if you can, as the white part of the ensemble, if you can body roll and step touch, you can dance beautiful. So that's perfect. Yeah. Right in my wheelhouse. You can dance beautiful, pun intended. Love it. Good. <laughs> this is good. And uh, so I showed up on top of my shit. I, I, I knew I was replacing somebody they weren't happy with. So that was another reason to be even more on top of things, being like, okay, well, they weren't happy with this guy. But that was more about type and about, about age and things like that. I just happened to be right in a sweet spot. And that's when we were talking about like winning the lottery thing. I just happened to all of my skills just so happened to be right in line with what they needed. Nice. Somebody that could kind of play the young lover of the story. They could play the boss. They can sing low and they can kind of sing high if they really need you to. That's me. <laughs> You're so, like, I can play kind of. I can kind of do all of those things. And I and I had the confidence to say, I can do those things well. Um, and so I got out on the road and I was out on the road for two, two years. Oh, wow. Uh, so I got married and then I was gone. Which, You're like, you know, love you. <laughs> so Brittany and I are still newlyweds. Um, yes. <laughs> and then, uh, so I'm, I left the tour to play Judd at Goodspeed. Um, and I, and the thing about negotiating is you, you do have power, but you're really the only power is no. So if you're ever fortunate enough to be in a situation where someone says, well, we're not going to let you do X, Y, or Z, and you, you can say no. Um, and I had to do that for artistic reasons. And it, it worked out that they, that they came and met me where I needed to be. And so they gave me a leave of absence to go play this part. So I go play Judd at good speed and it's artistically fulfilling and everything I could possibly yeah, that role, ask for. Man. Yeah, it was, you know, a dream of mine to play that part. Um, and, you know, I got a recommendation from Rob Ruggiero to Jen Thompson. Jen Thompson and, and he are good buddies and that's that's what you know that was another reason for them to hire me you know it was just another layer on top of not only would i would i be appropriate for the part and would be capable but a relationship is so important yeah and those are the things that can't be taught or manufactured they are they are grown organically like a like a beautiful flower like they they, they must be nurtured and attended to like any other relationship or any organism yeah so I leave and do that. And I come back from good speed. I get bumped up um, to being a righteous brother full time on the road. So I do that for another, uh, maybe, maybe a year. I don't know. My, my dates are starting to get a little foggy now because it feels like it was just yesterday, but it, it now is starting to <laughs> all meld. But uh, so Rob calls me up and want, asks me to, while I'm at doing good speed, they asked if I'd be interested in playing Bill Sykes and Oliver. 
So, and I was interested, uh, I didn't really know much, much about Oliver, but yeah, I, I actually that... honestly don't know if you guys know who Bill Sykes is Write it in the comments, like which character yeah. that is. I don't know who that is. Well, you might know now if you can guess he's the bad guy. Um, oh, got it. I, I generally play nefarious people. Um, so I have that on my radar and then I get, I'm pretty much done being out on the road and I put in my notice and they offered actually the company offered to fly me and my wife to Australia and be the swing in Australia for seven weeks in Brisbane. Oh, wow. And I had already committed to Oliver at this point. So I said, I, I appreciate that. It, I, I, it would be a lovely adventure, but I've already committed to this and it's something I'm artistically interested in, but thank you. And so maybe three weeks before I leave tour, I find out that the low male swing is leaving the Broadway company. You're like, and Bevel. And I was like, hmm. And now <laughs> I'm months away from, because I gave myself a, a cushion. Like I wasn't going to go right into the show. I gave myself a big break. So like they, I had months before I was going to play Bill Sykes. So I made a very difficult call to Goodspeed. And, they, and Donna Lynn was amazing. And she was like, of course, I totally understand. Like if this is an opportunity for you, like you need to go do it. Like, we totally get it. And Interestingly enough, casting and producers don't always know that you want to make your Broadway debut and you need to make it very clear to them that you do. Um, what? Bumping you up or putting you in the show is not their necessarily their first inclination or their first thought. You need to, you need to campaign for yourself. You can't just say, oh, that's good. I'm in line. I'm going to get that because it makes sense. Even if it makes total sense, you need to be like, I really want to do this. Oh, like, so if you're somebody from the Broadway tour, if you want to jump yeah, if, in, if there's an opening. Right. Got you're it. like, did my time and I deserve, I deserve, no, none of that. You have to campaign. Hmm. Um, and so I did. And they, I think, I don't think I auditioned. I think I said, I, I'm playing the part now. Like I can do it. Have, you can have the associate come out. You can have the producers come out and see me do it if you need that. Um, and so just as I, as I was leaving tour, I booked the Broadway production of beautiful and I left the road. I, I was home for, you know, I was finally back home in this apartment and I was home, you know, home for like a week and then uh, got into understudy rehearsals and swing rehearsals. And it's not the same show. I mean, it's physically a different show. So the tracks are different. And uh, well, yeah, I would imagine for the tour or the tour, tour, however you pronounce it, whatever yeah. I say, tour um, <laughs> for the, for the tour, the you're moving sets i mean the space every yeah time. so it just so has to be different. a more modular yeah. movable set um so yeah and the i did i did what i i've had i have done in every every step you sang the low note you're like somebody's got to sing it really really prepared and so and i had been in new york you know 10 easily 10 years at this point and i finally got I finally made my Broadway debut, but that that's, we're talking 15 years of from wearing body paint and jumping from the rafters to it's raining men to Broadway. I and love that's it. my Broadway journey. I love it. And then you finally got to be with your wife. And I finally got to be home. You're like my, my honey bunny, my hookum schmookum. And she still likes me. That's so. Uh... I'm still married. And she makes a great bit Brits batch. That's for sure. She was sure. on the Food Network last night. I know. I know. It's awesome. Ryan was just saying that. He was like, she was on TV. <laughs> I know. She killed it. Oh, he, we, Ryan said we DVR'd it. That's awesome. Uh, um, side note: So she, uh, uh, Brittany's wife, she makes baked goods, and they're phenomenal. She even made baked goods for my graduation from Columbia University, and they were awesome and delicious. 
and beautiful. Um, like your show. Well, this is amazing. I'm honestly just awestruck. I did not know this whole part of your journey. And this is a really great glimpse of people. Like everybody's story is different. Right. But just I like how you really connect it, just like you connect your thoughts and acting and as, a, as an actor would, hence prepare, pun intended. <laughs> so I love that. In regards to when you are teaching then, let's now bring the focus into the idea of your master class, which is the sun the Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern time via Zoom. Um, what is it that you really, everybody's always teaching, like, okay, sing for me. And, and you know, ha! Like, what is it the focus that you really, you're aiming to do for students when you're working with them? Well, as we can glean from the 40 minutes of me blabbering about my life, um, what has helped me in every step is preparation. So when everyone is signed up and once we hit our, if we hit our capacity or whatever, whatever, um, yeah. I'll ask the folks to prepare two pieces. Now we'll have one where it's something that they're like, this is me. And this is what I knock out. Of, I can knock this out of the park. This is my showstopper, whatever. This is, this is what I feel very confident in. And then I want to see what you, what the, what rooms are you going into and what, what does the business see you as? Because being aggressively realistic about your strengths and weaknesses yeah. are the true way to grow as a performer. Yeah. We will not be, this is it. I'll be as loving as possible. But it's not a, it's not just a love fest here. We get a chance to sing. You can sing whenever you want. You can post a YouTube video. You singing, you can live stream, you can do whatever you want. But yeah. if we want to, we want to grow and we want to learn. We you need to put the, you need to put the time in and you do the work. Yeah. Um, so it'll be about taking, so about how prepared are you for, for that? Just the class. You can learn a lot by, just seeing how prepared somebody is. Mm -hmm. As I was, I've also sat behind the table um, helping casting before. I've been a reader. Um, so I've seen amazing singers, amazing actors, all shoot themselves in the foot in different ways. Yeah. And you go, you see someone walk and you're like, this person, it has the part, they're gonna get it. And their cut was too long and they don't sing like four bars of it very well. Yeah. Stuff like that. Little things. So having, and another, another big slice of the pie is confidence. So it's not a, it's not a fake it till you make it thing. You can't truly fake, especially in song. I don't think confidence in the material. And confidence is gleaned from your preparedness and your ability to stick to the choices that you made, that you that you thought up. And knowing that material so well that if you're given an adjustment, mm -hmm. you can pivot. Because that's a bit that's another huge stumbling block. That I know this so well that I'm gonna do it the same way every single time. No, you've memorized something, you haven't learned it. Yeah, There's a yeah. very big difference between those two things. Learning the information that's given to you on the page and memorizing are two different things. Mm -hmm. And I don't wanna watch, and I'm sure no one out there wants to watch someone who memorized something really well. No. Epic poetry is lovely. Not going to put a lot of asses in the seats, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's that's sort of the foundation of where I come from when it comes to teaching. My my biggest strength, I would say, is being an actor who sings. So I'm not given a lot of vocal critiques. I could coach with my understanding of, of where I'm at with with singing. Um, I can see if you're prop my big. I have a lot of my issues are I'm always working too hard. And that's a lot of people's problem, I think, mm -hmm. uh, vocally. 
Um, so I, when I teach, I don't give a lot of vocal adjustment, but I, it will be about how have you prepared this material? How can you take that preparation and show up with it mm -hmm. and know, and know that you're going to hit a home run? Yeah. Yeah. And it, and so, and all the different things, you know, you're dragging your room in, you're dragging your day into the room. I, to I totally understand that, but you need to be able to be so prepared and so honest and committed to your choices that it doesn't matter what happened before. Yeah. Um, so it'll, it'll be about that. And then uh, if we, you know, we'll have time for questions and answers later on, it'll be about relationship building and, and, and not in a schmactery bullshit way. Oh, trust me. I've dealt with it. Yeah, <laughs> Even doing these has. little readings. So like getting to see the other side, I know exactly what you are talking about. So we all, um, we all see through the, the, mm -hmm. the, there's, you know, we're paid to pretend mm -hmm. and, you know, there aren't a lot of really great actors out there. And if you think you can also pretend in your life, if you can't do it on stage, guess what? You're probably not great at it in your life either. Yeah. So we see, we can see through it. And the, the people get the postcards and the, you know, the posts and all that stuff. They get uh, people that ha are holding the keys to things, the, yeah. the casting and the producing folks. They get to that shit all the time. But being dependable and being honest and being smart and being yourself and not some like showbiz version of yourself yeah. pay, will always pay dividends. That's so true. And I love it. Dick. This is per <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. This is amazing. You guys uh, write down Fauché down below if you, this is strikes interest to you. If you want to get more information on the masterclass, regardless, if you didn't catch this whole thing, definitely catch the replay within this group, the live and or also just listen to the podcast, which I have no idea when it's going to be going out because we have this long lineup of all these different interviews that have already happened. But it's going to be amazing. We're going to change lives. Oh, we're yes! also going to we're also going to work on. Um... Oh, yes. Our, uh -huh. our, our way to submit as well, our self-tapes. Oh, love that. Yeah, I love it's not, that. It won't just be uh, just a, a song acting class. It'll also be about not doing this when you're, when you're, this is not how you prepare for a Oh, my submission. God. <laughs> I mean, you got our eye on us. So this is interesting. It is. But too, too interesting. Too interesting. Too interesting. Too interesting. Yes. <laughs> oh, perfect. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on, Matt. This was really wonderful. Thank I, you for I having was, me. Literally, I felt like it was story time at like a kid. It was amazing. <laughs> it was perfect. You're I hope. I hope my uh, my journey, which I know everyone's journey is different. I hope my journey can resonate with somebody and help them along with theirs because it's it's a hard road out there. It we gotta, truly we gotta stick is. Together. It truly is. All right. Bye, everybody.